Hysteria is brought to you by Books. This Mother's Day, give mom her flowers. She deserves the best. That's why you should send her farm fresh flowers from Books. That's short for bouquets. And right now, you can get 25% off your entire Books purchase. Here's why everyone likes the Books company. Books is different. Their flowers are cut fresh and sourced directly from the best flower farms, so they last way longer. They even have flowers grown on the side of a volcano, which I love. Books has modern designs and unique flowers you can't find anywhere else. Books is simple. Go online, pick the delivery date, and you are done. Mother's Day is May 12th. Don't miss the chance to thank your mom. Order your books now. And with 20% off, you can send some to mom, wife, aunt, and even grandma. Erin, I love my books. I love a flower that lasts forever, and my books arrangements really do last a full solid week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have uh, I have some sitting on my kitchen table right now, mm-hmm. and they've been there for several days. And usually when I buy them at, like, the grocery store, they're sort of, like, starting to crap Fade. out pretty quickly. Yep. Not with books. They stick around. They look beautiful. I like how they kind of slowly open up and become even more beautiful as they sit on your, you know, wherever Absolutely, you Absolutely, because they're that fresh. So go to books.com and use promo code hysteria for 25% off. That's B-O-U-Q-S dot com, promo code hysteria. Books, promo code hysteria. Hey, everybody. I'm Erin Ryan. And I'm Alyssa Mastromonaco. So Alyssa and I have talked a lot about how to address the horror we've all watched unfold over the last few days in Israel. The attacks on Saturday were massacres. There's no other way to describe it. What was executed against innocent civilians was disgusting, abhorrent, and morally indefensible. We'll be posting organizations doing incredible work helping victims of this unspeakable violence on both sides of the border in our show notes. As we took in the news, we learned about someone who we thought you all should know about too, Vivian Silver. Vivian is a 74-year-old Jewish-Canadian-Israeli peace activist and a founding member of Women Wage Peace. For the last 50 years, Vivian has worked to create a shared society between Jews and Arabs, known on both sides of the border as an irrepressible force and a titan in our space. She moved to Israel in 1974, working for gender equality and social justice. When she founded the Israeli group Women Wage Peace, a grassroots organization of thousands of Arab and Jewish women seeking a resolution to the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, she took the organization well beyond rallies. Arranging transportation for Gaza residents to Israeli hospitals for cancer treatments was among many of her extracurriculars. Just last week, Vivian led a Women Wage Peace March together with the Palestinian Women of the Sun, which was attended by thousands of women from around the world, Jews and Arabs, secular and religious, including dignitaries from Finland, Ireland, and Israel. Days later, Vivian, who has dedicated her life to building peace and lifting the siege in Gaza, is now presumed to be dead or have been kidnapped by Hamas from Kibbutz Be'eri. She chose to live so close to the border because it's where she felt she was needed most. We pray for her safety and the safety of all innocent civilians currently impacted by this war. Okay, now with that, let's get to the show. Well, Alyssa, we have got a show that runs the gamut this week. Mm Mm-hmm. Heavy week in news internationally. We're going to talk a little bit about what's happening domestically and mm-hmm. how disarray in the GOP is impacting our ability to function as a country yeah. and who is kind of standing in the way and what needs and to happen. And who's wearing a scarlet A. 
And who's wearing a scarlet A? Sorry, I saw an opportunity to rhyme and I had to. (laughs) We've also got some 2024 developments uh, for people who think that they should be the ones to lead this country during these very difficult and unprecedented times. Um, Spoiler alert, many of them don't seem to have the chops. (laughs) Just going to put it that way. Then we're going to get into the spooky season spirit and have Rosie Grant of TikTok fame. She joins you, Erin, for an interview I was very jealous to miss. I wish you would have been there. She's so fun to talk to. She makes recipes that she finds on graves and then eats the recipes near the gravesite as a way to honor people um, who, who left their delicious dishes behind. So she was she was amazing to talk to. It was so much fun. Perfect thing for spooky season. Um, and then we get to Sandy Petty. Alyssa, you know, Mm. stateside chaos. The grand old party hasn't been acting very grand these days. It has been acting old, but not very grand. In (laughs) fact, the GOP has descended into chaos for a few reasons. First, Senator Tommy Tuberville, I would say, like, the dumbest bitch in the Senate. Dumbest bitch in the Senate. I feel like him and Ron Johnson, like, neck and neck sometimes, but then I'm like, oh, Tommy Tuberville. No, no, no. Tommy, Tommy's, he's, uh, he wins by a a speech. I'm sorry. He's even got a name that sounds dumb. (laughs) You name your son Tommy Tuberville. He's going to get hit on the head a lot. Um, But he's been blocking the Pentagon from promoting military leadership because he disagrees with the military's access to abortion. Cool. Cool. Wow. Dude, okay. If your sperm is too old to produce healthy babies, you can't, like, it's not even that you can't have children yourself and you never could, right? It is if you are too old to potentially become a new parent safely and you have an opinion about abortion that is so ardent that you are jeopardizing American national security and international relations, you are a creep, like a fucking... Can you imagine looking at soldiers and their families and saying, you know what? I have decided, me, Tommy Tuberville, have decided you don't need access to health care, which is what this is. This is what he's saying. You uh, serve the United States Armed Forces and you do not need health care. I've decided, Tommy Tuberville, doctor and patriot. Alyssa, did you see the clip from the hearing that him and Mark Kelly were both in? It was, oh my God. I don't know. I don't think so. Chef's (laughs) kiss because there is a moment in the hearing when Senator Tommy Tuberville, former football coach, not ex-military person, says in the hearing, Well, there's nobody more military up here than me, but, uh, you know, I just hope we can work this out. And Mark Kelly. I think it's important to point out and comment on what Senator Tuberville just said. Uh, I think the quote was, there's nobody more military than me. Uh, as far as I could tell, there's at least four of us, maybe more, that served in the United States military, uh, in some cases for decades, and at least three combat veterans. So I take great exception. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Stop. Mark Kelly is no. in the room. In the room. Um, he was. He pointed out that there were at least four People who had actually been in the military on the committee, including, I think, two combat veterans. And Tommy and Tuberville had both the... the 
do you think like and not a moment not a flash not a nothing of self-awareness he was just like "Uh uh-huh yeah no still most military bitch in the room I mean I feel like the GOP there's a certain strain of the GOP that thinks that just imagining yourself as a commando a lot makes you a combat veteran like thinking like if you think about it hard enough anyway yeah he he said that in front of Mark fucking Kelly, uh, which was very funny. Um, Funny, bad for America, but funny, you know? Bad for America, but funny because he's so dumb. Yeah. So Tuberville has single-handedly held up the promotion of over 300 military officials, which is unfortunately possible to do in the Senate because the Senate was a bad idea. I'm just going to put it out there. Yes. And normally, for people who don't know, this is like easy peasy breezy these military official like nom- promotions. These are like boom, boom, boom. They usually loop them all like like package them all together, vote on it once, done and done. Easy. This should be the easiest thing the Senate does. Yeah. I mean, how are we going <laughs> to all it takes is just one. I mean, there's multiple idiots in, in the Senate now. Um, unfortunately, I was talking to somebody who worked on Capitol Hill for a long time and, and she was like, yeah, you know, it used to be that the Senate was like the good House and senators yeah. kind of looked looked down on members of the House. They were sort of the hoi polloi, like the ooh, well, we're better than them. And uh, mm-hmm. they don't really they don't really have the ground to stand on to do that anymore because there's enough people in the Senate that make the Senate look bad. And I think Tommy Tuberville is among the most yeah. prominent of them, if not the most prominent. He is. He is single-handedly housing the Senate, and that's not a good thing. <laughs> um, second, Alyssa, we got trouble. You've what? seen you've seen Music Man, right? Okay, we got trouble. Yeah, right here in the capital city, with a capital G, and that rhymes with P, with an O in the middle. Yes, it's another round of anarchy in the GOP as the members of the House ruling party once again agree on who should be speaker after Kevin McCarthy's ouster last week. Now we're recording this on Wednesday. We are once again getting. Heavily Wednesday. Most likely. Most likely. Um, most likely. The House is gaveling in in a few hours post us recording. Um, so tomorrow when you're listening to this, Thursday when you're listening to this, Friday over the weekend, um, you can go ahead and compare what we're about to say with reality and decide if we are truly news <laughs> witches. <laughs> um, so as it stands right now, uh, according to the latest that I was able to read and hear about this morning, it looks to be Jim Jordan and Steve Scalise. And, you know, of course, they're considering Kevin McCarthy again. He hasn't ruled himself out. Uh, like herpes, he keeps coming back. <laughs> Aaron, I think for the whole scoop, listeners should check out our uh, YouTube. That oh, yeah, we did guy. a YouTube. We did a YouTube video about Kevin McCarthy where we got to learn a ton about Kevin McCarthy and tell you guys so much. about all of the, I don't know, dweeby shit he's been into in his quest for the speakership, which has now gotten him nothing but humiliation. So check out our YouTube channel if you want to watch our This Fucking Guy, Kevin McCarthy. We had a lot of fun making it. Jim Jordan of Ohio and Steve Scalise of Louisiana um, are like two very unique flavors of awful. It's like if you went to a restaurant, you get to choose between Kevin McCarthy, Jim Jordan, and Steve Scalise. It's like if you went Mm -hmm. to a restaurant and the prefix options were uh, a thing you're allergic to that you know you're allergic to. Yeah. A jockstrap served broiled in a styrofoam cup. Okay. And an Oreo cookie full of dead bees. Those Mm. that is In that instance, you definitely take the Oreo cookie full of dead bees, right? uh, Right. That's Steve Scalise. 
Steve Scalise, 100%. Oreo cookie full of dead bees. Long live our Oreo cookie. You could get some protein out of that, but uh, <laughs> you're not going to enjoy the experience. You, There might be some <laughs> venom still in there. Um, the GOP is fragmented. This vote this afternoon is via secret ballot. Dun, dun, dun. I know. And so so there can be double and triple crossing because we, we both know that the GOP, one thing that members of the GOP caucus have in common is they cannot be trusted to say <laughs> anything truthful ever. And a secret ballot allows people to say they're going to vote for one person and vote for another person. So they're able to, um, yeah, do the old double cross. And and I don't know. This is... Uh, this is like well, the the truth will be in the vote count, huh? When they when when Jim Jordan goes in with like two hundred and seventeen yeses and comes out with a hundred, <laughs> yeah. So he so Republican Jim, uh, I swear I voted for you. I I don't know. It'd be funny if there was only one vote for Jim Jordan and then like all of the rest and were it was for his police <laughs> and Jim. Well, that would be how Jim knew that everyone was lying to him, <laughs> as if everybody or two votes for Jim Jordan and then everyone was like the other one was me. Obviously. Uh, yeah. Um, so they, whoever does end up getting the convention, the GOP convention or the, the caucuses uh, nomination right. needs to get seven, 217 votes to win. Um, and that's going to be a little bit of an uphill battle considering how, you know, fragmented and peep. They seem to have thoughts. Yeah. Lots of thoughts. Yeah. Um, I got to say, one person who's always going to do something slightly annoying in almost all hmm. contexts is Representative Nancy Mace. Because theoretically, she is a more moderate Republican. In air quotes. Yeah. Very heavy air quotes. Like, I wish I could wear those extra long fingers from everything, everywhere, all the time. All. Yeah. And the like, hot dog fingers. Yeah, hot dog fingers. Hot dog fingers, air quotes, moderate <laughs> Nancy Mace. Uh, she showed up to Capitol Hill wearing a red A on her shirt on Tuesday, which did not stand for Alabama, roll tide. Um, <laughs> she was making a scarlet letter reference because of her vote to oust McCarthy. Apparently she what? Now Hester Prynne. I don't the know. The most dramatic. And you know what the best part is? Don't you just think she went to one of those like cashmere sweater places and was like, will you do an A? <laughs> you know those what I mean? Cute, she's like, actually. I know, but she's like, and look, I'm Alyssa. I should have a scarlet A on my chest. But you know <laughs> that she planned this out. She prepared her outfit. She's like, I am the funniest, most I'm going to go viral. I've got my sweater on. Like you, like that's the problem with all these people. It's like, you know, that's like the thought process. They're like, I'm going to crush TikTok today. The histrionics are exhausting. It, they're exhausting. And I hate to be like, excuse me, guys, grow up. Because I, of all people, do not encourage people to grow up. I think growing up sucks. Um, but I do think that if your job is to govern if yeah. your job is to govern, you got to fucking govern. Otherwise, like, I have a right to be annoyed with your antics, whether you're, you know, a Democrat right. or a Republican, although right now most of the antics are on the Republican side. But you know what? Just to go back to old Tommy Tuberville for a second, this guy in the middle of Israel at war with Hamas, this guy is also, as part of this whole thing, holding up the U.S. ambassador to Israel. <laughs> and Aaron, Jack Lew, who is the nominee— Unimpeachable. White House Chief of Staff, Director of the Office of Management and Budget, Treasury Secretary, Deputy Secretary of State. He's been confirmed by the Senate, I think, like three times. Let's fucking go. 
Mm-hmm. Like, how can you say that you give a shit about national security or anything? Like, like how do Republicans run on this when they're like, oh, don't worry. We let everybody, uh, we let one nut nut from, you know, Alabama hold up everything that could keep our country safe and reward members of the military who have earned promotions and like, you know, healthcare for members of the armed forces. It is crazy. It's so Alyssa, just can you give our listeners a little bit of a overview of what not having an ambassador to Israel would mean for like relations in the region? Like we want someone who is seen as the actual representative of the president in Israel right now. Like it is crazy. The ambassadors to all the countries are uh, confirmed by the Senate. That means something when they get into their country that they're going to be working in. And so it's like right now there is probably someone who's like making sure there's usually like a charge d'affaires who is in the embassy who's like making sure things are staying okay, that's helping to facilitate information back to the State Department, all that kind of stuff. But we need someone who is a respected diplomat on the ground who can be talking to parties and trying to de-escalate things and being in the region, um, you know, making all the all the stuff that we see in movies that we don't know if it really happens. Well, that's what really happens. We need Jack Lou there uh, brokering, helping to broker peace and everything else that he should be doing. And he is the smartest, the most level-headed. Uh, he he truly, he is one of a kind. He's one of a kind. And uh, he should be there right now. Well, Alyssa, I mean, on the other hand, abortion. Uh, it just, it, it blows my mind. And also, you know, the, also, nobody's more military than Tommy Tuberville. So he knows all about abortion being in the military. Tommy Tuberville also being so fucking disingenuous about this because the policy doesn't pay for abortions. Mm-hmm. It gives personnel access to healthcare and lets them use transportation to get to a clinic if it is like far away. It's not yeah. paying for abortions. This is crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could say I, I, money is fungible, which is like the the favorite thing for morons in the GOP to yell. Uh, any paycheck going to anybody who might one day have an abortion is paying for an abortion. It's like a, it's an idiotic Guess so. stance. It's an idiotic I mean, stance. And also people in the military don't have control over where they're stationed, right? It's like inhumane no. for the federal government to subject them to state regulations when they have absolutely no say over what state they live in. You know, they could be sent to Texas and like— right. It's states that are quickly becoming. How many states have we covered that are quickly becoming just deserts for reproductive care? The the gynecologists are running and screaming from states like Mm -hmm. Idaho and Utah that we have talked about, um, Mm -hmm. where there are, I think, like 66 gynecologists in one of those two states. Yeah. And the thing is, you know. I, it's a thing that I don't think people thought all the way through, which is that gynecologists are not going OBGYNs who provide care for everybody who Everyone. can have a baby or who has a uterus. Um, it doesn't really matter what your stance is, even if you're someone who is like, I would never have an abortion even if my life was in danger. It's like, OK, great. You wouldn't do that. But now because your state has a law enforcing that on everybody else, if your life is in danger because of a pregnancy, And Mm -hmm. if that could be remedied by, like, intense prenatal care, like, you might not have access to that anymore. You might not have access to life-saving prenatal care for you or your baby. 
or to a pap smear, to mammograms, preventative care, for God's sake. Uh, And also, there is a type of cancer that is literally caused by something that can be detected in pap smears and cured via gynecological care. So even if you're somebody who never wants to have Science, huh? Yeah, I know. Cervical cancer is caused by a strain of HPV, uh, a couple strains of HPV, which can be detected via pap smear. And like can a lot of, in most cases, be like stopped if it's detected early enough. So it turns out that bad ideas have unintended consequences and often impact people beyond the scope of the people that you think are directly impacted by them, especially when it comes to healthcare. Now, uh, let's pivot to 2024 begrudgingly. Uh, I want to highlight, Alyssa, a column that is just absolutely chef's kiss beautiful. Some breaking news. Breaking news. Saw it while on the pod. An opinion column in the Washington Post this week is making me laugh heartily. Um, The opinion is, Tim Scott, please drop out, urge others to follow and unite behind Haley. The byline is George Will, noted conservative columnist uh, and often one of the wrongest bitches in the game. Uh, The disclosure at the top of this article, the columnist's wife, Mari Will, an advisor to Republican presidential candidate Tim Scott, disagrees with this column. Can you, like, was that, is that someone from WAPO being funny? Like, I don't even know. Like, obviously, she, me- the mama will means it. But, like, <laughs> this is hysterical. Like, what are they talking about at dinner tonight? It's like, oh, did you see, I got a, got a lot of views in my article. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, or I'm not going to, I'm not going to read any further. I mean, that's. No, that's, no, we're just reading that. That's the that. most that's pleasure I could possibly get out of a George Will column. Um. That's hilarious. I want. I, I wonder who's uh, sleeping on the couch. Somebody. Somebody is. Oh wait, before <laughs> we before we fully pivot to twenty twenty four, should we talk about the breaking news from the House floor? Because yeah. we're not getting super Wednesday, right? Right. We're, we're getting we're a little. Get, Wednesday. We're getting semi Wednesday. So, like we mentioned, there was a debate about rules around voting, and there mm-hmm. was a debate about whether to make it so that the secret ballot. Um, in order to nominate speakers, there needed to be a consensus 217 vote, like victory, before the nomination was even made public. So that would that would ostensibly uh, that would ostensibly prevent the Kevin McCarthy debacle of like 15 right. 15 votes, right? And that right. would ostensibly prevent a public airing of GOP disarray at a time when. What we really need is for people to just fucking grow up, put on their big boy pants, and do their goddamn jobs. So that was – did they pass the rule or not? With that, breaking news from Punchbowl News. House Republicans have tabled a motion to change the rules on the speaker vote. Scalise's (laughs) whip operation, which was an overdrive over the past few days, trying to defeat the measure. This puts Scalise on the brink of the nomination to be House Speaker. Says speculation. Says he's Speculation. Right. Of course. He'll probably be nominated. I mean, that doesn't prevent, that doesn't prevent, like, other people from being in the no, they can. But look, it's funny to watch them go through the drama. I well, mean, terrible for America, terrible for the world. But if they're going to torture us by having to watch it, it might as well be low-grade entertainment. Yeah. So Oreo full of bees, it is. Yeah. Maybe. Get your cup of milk. 
Um, also, <laughs> speaking of, uh, we were talking about unintended consequences. Alyssa. Oh, boy. Uh, there, there's a new presidential candidate in town, and he was supposed to upset Joe Biden's coalition. But uh, what's going on? Well, Aaron, much to our dismay, the chagrin of the world, Robert F. Kennedy is dropping out of the Democratic primary, and he is going to run as an independent in 2024. Now, some folks think that his anti-vax stance is going to be very attractive to some Republicans who are disaffected, who have lost their love for Donald Trump, should he be the nominee, which it looks like it will be. But I have to be honest, I'm going to go anecdotal here, Aaron. All the people I know who are very into RFK Jr. are are disaffected Democrats. You think they are? I mean, the people who I personally know who are like very into him are are people who who last time voted for Joe Biden. Now, that is anecdotal. I, I don't think a third party is good for anybody. I mean, let me take that back. I feel like everyone should have the chance to. I know, mean, Bill do Clinton their begs big Bill Clinton begs. To he differ. begs to differ. But, you know, I just feel like, come on. What are you trying to do, RFK? I, here's the thing. Like, nothing about what RFK does besides the vaccine thing is anything that instills passion in anybody. So his – No. Like I'm, like, I'm reading from a Slate article about him declaring his candidacy. And here's what the, the Slate article says. In fact, he dismissed political labels altogether. These labels make less and less sense, Kennedy said from the stage. And out of habit, we still group ourselves around the empty husks of these old alignments and threadbare ideologies. And then he said – I'm proud to say that my supporters include both pro-lifers and pro-choicers. What? Uh, they include <laughs> climate activists and climate ske- climate skeptics. What? They include vaccinated and unvaccinated. He said he could unite everyone in the country against the common en- enemy of the Uniparty and the lobbyists who secretly run it. Okay. How can you articulate that into a bumper sticker? No. no. Like it doesn't make and and I and I Yes, hate- I can. RFK 2024. What a mess. <laughs> I mean, it's also like, hey, everybody, like that's literally his platform. But that's not that that is not uh, intellectually. It makes no sense. It makes no makes sense. Makes no sense. You cannot govern and serve both pro-lifers and pro-choicers. I mean, like you can make everybody mad by forcing people to have abortions. That's the only way to unite around that issue. Also. We've we've talked about this, but um, we talked about it under a different uh, different topic, though. When your family comes out against you and it's like, listen, he's my uncle. Jack Schlossberg uh, has has been on TikTok, has been on social media being like, I support Joe Biden. Do you hear mm-hmm. what I'm saying, America? My uncle's running. I'm supporting Joe Biden. And here's why. Because he's done all these things. It's like, remember, there was that guy. I think he was in Arizona. And literally every member of his immediate and extended family yeah. came out and was like, do not vote for him. <laughs> he's Please. a bad He's a bad guy. Bad, bad guy. And so I just feel like in general, those are things we should all take note of. I just got to say, uh, RFK Jr. gives me such Leland Palmer vibes. Who? Leland Palmer from Twin Peaks. Laura oh, Palmer's I didn't, dad, I didn't, who is possessed by Twin the spirit Peaks. of Bob, it turns out. Come on. But I take your I take your word for it. He's, as, he's as Leland Palmer. Leland Palmer is running for president, and there are a bunch of people <laughs> who are like in this weird li- – I mean, what? I'm sorry. I, I, but watching Kennedy supporters, I feel like I'm watching a Black Lodge scene in Twin <laughs> Peaks. Like the, it's filmed backwards. 
They're moving strange. They're saying things that don't make sense, like, let's rock, you know, and like doing a strange dance. And I'm scared, but I don't know why. Um, yeah. That tracks. That sounds about right. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Leland, Leland Palmer 2024. Um, we were talking a little bit about healthcare, women's health specifically. Mm-hmm. And uh, Alyssa, there's a story about uh, out of New York uh, that has kind of popped these last couple of weeks. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what's going yes. on? Yes. Erin, a woman here in upstate New York, uh, she went viral last year on TikTok because of an emotional story she shared about her healthcare. She went to a doctor to receive treatment for cluster headaches as a result of her Ehlers-Danlos syndrome. There was a highly effective medication her doctor could have prescribed her, but he didn't. Why, Erin? Why didn't he let her have the drug? Because mm. she was of childbearing age, and the medication could possibly cause birth defects. He maintained his decision even when she told him she didn't want to have kids and would have an abortion if she ever got pregnant. Oh, my God. So after this incident, she was in the middle of receiving treatment uh, for her headaches at another hospital, also in upstate New York, only to be removed from the premises with security mid-treatment because the doctors learned about the incident at the previous hospital. What? What? How? Look, I know it's rough out there for for healthcare providers right now, and I and I don't blame people for be, for being on tenterhooks. But it sounds like she wasn't really doing anything that scary or bad. No, receiving and treatment. So now she's suing as she should, uh, and she is suing Albany Medical Health Partners for prioritizing an imagined fetus over her health. An imagined fetus. But this happens a lot. This happens a lot when it comes to healthcare. It is really insane. I remember maybe seven or eight years ago, um, there was a guideline that came out about like alcohol consumption and women. And the recommendation was that women of childbearing age should not drink alcohol. Which nobody should drink alcohol, honestly. It's not a very healthy thing. It's not healthy. It's not a health food, right? No. It's not good for you. But come on. But to say that men can and women shouldn't because it might cause birth defects, that was the that was the reasoning. And uh, and because a woman at any time might be pregnant or get pregnant. Um, and that is super insulting. I've heard of, of people trying to get treatment for um, for skin conditions. Accutane is a drug that has yep. like a very uh, a, a documented history of, of definitely causing really, really bad birth defects. And in order to get Accutane, you have to like be on yeah. birth control. There's like all of these things that you have to do in order. And if you're pregnant and you actually get in contact with Accutane, it can cause you to miscarry. It's like really intense. But this to- whole thing, though, the reason that I thought this story was so important, one, this isn't happening in a red state. This is happening in New in York blue state. state. Yeah. This is happening in New York state. She still has not received her medication. Um, the hospital tried to say she was live streaming her appointment that she was at, which is why they kicked her out, which is not true. Um, she contends that she has been denied care at the Glens Falls Hospital, which is also up near where she lives, and that she's been essentially blacklisted, blacklisted by hospitals in the area, forcing her to travel out of state for medical care and incur significant out-of-pocket costs. Oof. I got to say the Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome is one of those 
rare conditions where I feel like the people who have it end up having to learn how to be their own advocates. And so every right. time they go to a doctor, it's a fight because not very many doctors know how to deal with it. Um, and there are a, a bunch of complications around it that that not very many doctors are familiar with treating. Um, it's like an it's like autoimmune diseases in a lot of cases. Mm-hmm. People have to learn to be their own advocates. And yeah, I mean, I don't think it's that uncommon for people to be denied treatment because they're of childbearing age. It's... Um, mm-hmm. It's really, it's gross. Have you ever had a doctor, Alyssa, tell you like, oh, I don't know, like you might want to have kids, like you might want to, you, you shouldn't do this because no, you don't have kids. No, no. That's never happened. I, I'm my lucky. Do- my doctor in Chicago, I used to live just north of an area called Ukrainian Village. And my doctor was like a Ukrainian doctor. She was like the closest one. But I think her entire focus of her practice was like, get them to have the babies. You know, like my, right. <laughs> at that point in my life, I was sort of like, no, I was not. Nope, not. I was not going to be there. But every time I went, it was like, "Oh, looks great. You'll definitely be able to have many babies." You know. Oh, yes. Look at that gorgeous yeah. cervix. Great, great cervix. So many. Ba- you can have many, many babies. And I remember, <laughs> like, you know, her saying things like, "I was training for a marathon at the time," and her being like, "You got to be careful. It can make it harder to have babies." And it was just like, "What? We oh get my God. So, we, we get so much like unsolicited unsolicited bullshit. advice." Yes. And then, and then when you are pregnant, the amount of ridiculous, patronizing talk from people really rocket ships up. Like, I've heard of pregnant women ordering coffee, coffee, which you can drink coffee in small to moderate amounts when pregnant. And there, there is no evidence that small to medium amounts of coffee, like, are super dangerous. You know, it's not like riding a roller coaster or riding a horse or whatever. Um, And I've heard of people ordering coffee while visibly pregnant and having someone behind them in line being like, are you sure you want to order that coffee? Shouldn't that be decaf? Also, way to assume someone's pregnant. Like, get out. I mean, I think like if you're, if you look like you swallowed a watermelon and like that's where. Fair. It's, fair. I think it's, but you know, still, that's a fair Mind your assumption. own business. Yes, yeah, seriously. But yeah, it's mind a real thing. Business. Or like sushi. Sushi is one of those things oh, that, yes. that a lot of people have. Anyway, I could, I could seriously rant about this for so long. But the amount that people consider women's personal choices their business because mm-hmm. they could possibly have a baby is just like, it feels like jarringly archaic. And it and yeah. it's and it's all around, especially if you're at a you're trying to get medical care for yourself, especially if your medical care um, has some documented uh, incidences of causing problems with pregnancy, even if you don't want to be pregnant. It's insane. And it even happens in blue states. And it even happens in blue states. It can happen anywhere. Anywhere. Um, okay, I think that's I think that's it for news. This is a pretty. I mean, kind of hard to focus on stuff that's yeah. going on domestically this week just because yep. the, the stuff internationally is, is so heavy and horrible. Yes. The domestic stuff seems quite trite. It does seem trite, but it matters because this is how business is going to get done. This is how, you know, any aid packages need to go through the House. We need to have Absolutely. somebody somebody leading the House. We need to have a, a ruling party in the House that is functional and not mm-hmm. just completely a disaster. Um, I wanted to make two quick notes before we end news. First of all, mm-hmm. early voting in Ohio. We've been harping on this. Early yes. voting on Ohio for the November 2023 election has begun. So Ohioans, go vote pro choice. Abortion is on the ballot this year with issue one, which will decide whether or not abortion and other reproductive health care are constitutional rights in your state. Ohioans, you want this to pass, even if you are not 
pro-choice, even if you don't think you would ever get an abortion. You want the right over what happens in your body. You yep. want that in your state constitution because the federal government sure as shit is not going to protect it, especially no. with Steve Scalise, probably, or Jim Jordan as Speaker of the House. They're Either. Not, they're not going to protect you. Um, and so you can protect yourselves. Protect yourselves and vote to support issue one. Um, mm-hmm. The second thing I want to say is that right now, you know, when, when the news is really heavy and awful and painful— um, is a really good time for us to take care with what information we take in. Yes. Um, to to stay off social media if it is exposing you to to images, and to be aware that a lot of stuff, a lot of information is swirling around right now. Some of that is disinformation, and people who are merchants of disinformation really thrive during moments of crisis. So yep. be careful with the information you're taking in. Um, be careful that you're taking care of your mental health and, um, yeah, take care of yourselves. All right. And with that, we're going to take a break. This episode is brought to you by IQ Bar. Power up your life with superior brain and body nutrition products from IQ Bar. Their plant protein bars are the perfect low-carb breakfast. Their IQ Mix zero-sugar hydration drinks replenish electrolytes. And their IQ Joe mushroom coffees will keep you focused all day long. Start each day right with IQ Bar's brain and body boosting bars, hydration mixes, and mushroom coffees. Their ultimate sampler pack includes all three. IQ Bar empowers doers with superior brain and body nutrition. All their products are entirely free from gluten, dairy, soy, GMOs, and artificial sweeteners. And today, Hysteria listeners get an exclusive offer of 20% off plus free shipping. Just text HYSTERIA to 64000. One thing I love about IQ Bar is, first of all, right now it's really dry where I am. Oh, okay. It is hard for me to stay hydrated. I just like, I'll just be going through my day and I'll be like, why am I so like... Parched. I'm parched. I'm in a bad mood. I feel like I'm going to pass out. And it's, ah, you got to drink some water. You got to stay hydrated. I really like their IQ Mix Zero Sugar Hydration Drinks because it allows me to rehydrate myself at a time yeah. when I feel like the atmosphere is trying to take all my moisture away. Well, and sometimes you need more than just water. Sometimes you need more more than just water. I also love IQ bars because I love a portable breakfast. I love a grab-and-go breakfast, no dishes. Love something I can walk around holding and eating. I like something I can eat in my car without endangering the lives of me and every other motorist on the road. A breakfast burrito, <laughs> not, not the safest thing to eat behind the wheel. IQ bar, go ahead and do it. Good for you. Great ingredients. Helps you stay focused and alert throughout the day. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, and you don't have to dirty any dishes. Refuel smarter with IQ Bar's Ultimate Sampler Pack. That's seven IQ Bars, four IQ Mix sticks, and four IQ Joe sticks. And now our special podcast listeners get 20% off all IQ Bar products plus get free shipping. To get your 20% off, just text Hysteria to 64000. Get your discount. Text Hysteria to 64000. That's H-Y-S-T-E-R-I-A to 64000. Message and data rates may apply. See terms for details. This episode of Hysteria is brought to you by Viore. Need the perfect Mother's or Father's Day gift? Check out Viore Performance Apparel. Drawing inspo from the coastal California lifestyle, Viore's products inspire others to live vibrant, active lives. I love that they're calling this the coastal California lifestyle. I will embrace that instead of what I thought it was, which was the I only want to wear comfortable clothes lifestyle. 
Yeah. I have to. I refuse to be uncomfortable I refu- if I want to be productive. I refuse <laughs> to be uncomfortable, but sometimes I have to look like I belong in a respectable place lifestyle, which is like yeah. Viore is perfect for it because they the clothes look fantastic. They fit great. They are so comfortable. I lie down in mine all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Especially, Erin, the women's performance joggers. They have a slim but relaxed fit and are designed with dream knit stretch fabric. I love my joggers. I've slept in mine. I've slept in them. Really? You don't get hot? No. They're very, like, on oh. a, like a couch nap. You know, you have like a, oh yeah. you've got like maybe a half an hour in the afternoon. You're like, ooh, I've got a like small break. I'm very tired. I'm going to just like lay down for 20 minutes. It's yeah. Perfect. Perfect for couch okay. napping. Joggers. I love the leggings. I can work out in them. I can do my errands in them. I can wear them with a proper top to a business meeting. It is not a problem. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, you probably could. Just put yeah, a, a totally. blazer and like— Denim shirt. Denim, denim shirt, oh, blazer, yeah. leggings. So easy. 100%. And, of course, the men's core shorts. They have a classic athletic fit, falling just above the knee, while the Sunday performance joggers are made from recycled performance stretch fabric. I got my dad some men's core shorts. He wears them to mow the lawn. That's perfect. He is, like, I think my my dad is one of those people that just, like, beats the crap out of his clothes. He'll wear them until they're— they look like a security blanket that a 30-year-old yep. still has where it's just like a ball of string and you're like, um, Our dads are the same. Yeah, yeah. But um, my dad has had his for like a couple of years now and I think I, I saw him wearing them the other week when I met up with um, family on a, on a short weekend trip and they still looked great. It was like, Dad, your clothes still look new. <laughs> so fancy. Viore is offering Hysteria listeners 20% off your first purchase. Get some of the most comfy and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash hysteria. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash hysteria. You'll also enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Go to viore.com slash hysteria and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. And welcome back. You are listening to Hysteria, the podcast for people who aspire to have a grave that local children believe is haunted by a witch. Our guest today checks so many boxes for us here at Hysteria. Food? Check. History? Check. Unabashed nerdery? Check. Light spookiness? Check. And for those reasons, Rosie Grant is a one-woman sanity corner. If you don't know her by name, you might know her TikTok ghostly archive. Rosie is a librarian by trade, but in her free time, Rosie visits cemeteries, finds recipes on gravestones, makes them, and eats them at the grave of the person who left the recipe behind. She is the coolest. Rosie Grant, welcome to Hysteria. Hi, thanks for having me. Okay, so first, tell us about your grave recipe journey for those who don't know you already. 
I um, a bit nonlinear of a journey. <laughs> it all started when I was interning at a cemetery. Um, I interned in Washington, D.C. at Congressional Cemetery, which is just like a super cool a cemetery that does have internships because <laughs> um, I think some people are surprised about that. Yeah, not to be confused with internment. <laughs> not internment. Yes, I was not a, a permanent resident, thankfully. <laughs> uh, not yet. So it's a it's if you want to be buried somewhere, it's a great place to check out. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I was in, interning, uh, not interning at a cemetery. And um, for my library science program, I was getting a, a library science master's degree. And I um, had to start a TikTok. And my professor was like, you should make it about your cemetery internship. So that's kind of how I started on grave talk in general. And then I eventually heard about one woman who had a gravestone recipe, and I tried it and put it on TikTok. And that sort of opened the door to the rest of them. Amazing. So all of your recipes come from the graves of women. Uh, does baking them make you feel connected to the women who put them on the gravestones? Yeah, definitely. And I feel like so there's now over over the process of it, I've found three guys who have also done it too. But of the 25, the majority of them are women. And yeah, I feel like, I mean, it's such, I feel like the the pandemic was such an unusual time for all of us. Um, I lost both of my grandmothers. And oh, I sorry. noticed that like, Oh, yeah. Not a great time for grandmothers for any of us. No, no. I, I lost one of them, too. It was a I'm grandmother so losing time. I'm sorry to it hear. It was a grandmother losing time. Yeah. And I don't know if your family felt similar, but for us, it was we we were really craving both of their foods at the funeral. We were like, you know, like she used to make these yellow cakes for our birthdays or she would make this like onion hamburger dish for like, you know, the 4th of July. And we just kept talking about all their foods that were not particularly like fancy or that like her yellow cake was a box cake um and but it was just something about the food that was like so nostalgic for us and helped us like really connect to those the memory of both of these women and i definitely feel that the case for these gravestone recipes like these were all home cooks these were people who just like loved uh these like kind of sort of like matriarchs that you know they had all of these family gatherings that they were hosting and even now interviewing family members of these different gravestone recipe families they're like it hasn't been the same since they passed away because like you know they were the center of this like universe of food and cooking and gathering for all these people there's something so um, benevolent, giving about putting your recipe on a gravestone. I know in my my husband's family, his grandma, before she passed, was very like hush-hush about her sauce recipe and only gave it to certain family members. Um, so there's something that's so like kind about putting it on a gravestone. Um, have you become like friends with any members of, of the families whose like recipes you've reproduced? Yeah, well, we're all very scattered. So unfortunately, no one's near where I live. But we have started connecting. I mean, the first the first start of it, I'll, I'll even add, I've never found a single recipe gravestone just sort of by like walking into a cemetery. They've all been crowdsourced. The first, I would say nine of them that I came across were just all on the internet. There were blog posts about these different women. There were, one was on TikTok, one was on Instagram, one was on Twitter, and they were just kind of very scattered. And so I just started like putting them together. And then, yeah, as I started posting, grandchildren mostly started reaching out being like, that's my grandma. Like we still make her fudge and things like that. Um, so then I'll DM them and be like, hey, can I interview you? And so it's been a really cool process. And, and now even families have started reaching out and just being like, they're the ones who let me know about their relative. And one woman in particular named Kate, her mother has a cheese dip recipe on her Iowa gravestone. And Kate even mailed me 
the recipe book that they handed out at her mother's funeral that was like a very popular funeral. Uh, Her mom was like a very, you know, figurehead in the community. She was known for all of her cooking. She was a local DJ. And so she sent me her cookbook. An Iowa DJ cheese dip uh, connoisseur. That's incredible. Incredible. Uh, Yeah, who also loved Guy Fieri. She sent a photo of her dressing up, her mother dressing up as Guy Fieri for Halloween. So I was like, what an icon. Yeah. Oh my God. She is the moment. Um, I have so many questions about like the technical aspects of your undead culinary pursuits. So (laughs) what's your favorite thing you've ever made from a gravestone? I mean, they've all been really good. I mean, if you're going to put it on your epitaph, they've all been great recipes. If, if anything, if there's ever one that I hasn't turned out, it's been more me, the cook, than the recipe itself. Um, there's only a limited amount of instructions that can fit onto a gravestone. Um, so even Naomi's, the first one, Naomi Odessa Miller Dawson, she's buried in Brooklyn, New York. When I first made her recipe, there's no instructions. It's just the ingredients. And so I put it on TikTok. And all these people reached out being like, oh my gosh, my mom makes these and you're supposed to use a cookie press and this is the cookie press we use. And so I bought a cookie press and now I do like, it's like a really fun process to make the cookies. Uh Um, And that is the one recipe I've actually cooked with the family. They are now living in Pennsylvania. We all drove to Brooklyn and uh, we made it together. We like drove past to their own home. It was like a multi-generational family home. And I'd been making it wrong, even with the instructions that I'd kind of found on the internet of like another spritz cookie. I hadn't been making it the way Naomi made it. And so the family just kind of talked through. They make it every year. Her great-grandson is now the like family baker. And uh, they even at one point FaceTimed him to be like, are we doing this right? Are we following the instructions right? <laughs> um, so it was a really, I mean, it just goes to show like food legacy in your own family is so particular to your family. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, so I, I really like that one a lot. Um, one that I, I kind of laugh about a lot is there's a carrot cake in Northern California that um, I, because I, I try, I'm now trying to like cook them and bring them to the gravestone itself. And so my partner and I, for our third year anniversary, I was like, can we, we were talking about going to California and like, you know, go to Northern California. I'm like, can we see some cemeteries <laughs> on the way? Just like a normal, and like, they're so kind about this whole process. And so they were like, yeah, of course. And so we, we made a whole carrot cake and flew it to San Francisco from Los Angeles and then drove up four hours north with the whole cake. And it traveled very well. And so had a slice at her gravesite and turns out Christine's not even dead yet. Apparently, she's still alive. <laughs> There's no death date. There's no obituary. And someone in town of the local like community around it was like, oh, she's still alive. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> That's amazing. Was it like meeting a celebrity so, where you're like, I can't believe it's yes. I love your cake. Yeah, literally love your cake. Yeah. Uh, So I haven't even, I don't, I haven't talked to Christine herself. I found people have, people have sent forwarded and there's, there's a few women with her exact name and like relative like age range that she would be at just based on her gravestone. Um, So I haven't talked to her yet, but that's highly on my bucket list. She has this amazing gravestone, of course, this carrot cake that's so good. And her husband, which is the gravestone, her next door neighbor, and his on the back of his gravestone says, I should have listened to my wife. And hers says, yeah, look where we ended up. Um, <laughs> iconic, which is it's just so fun. Oh and the fact gosh. that they did it while still alive, like, I'm like, that's so fun. That is fun. That's super fun. Um, what's the oldest grave you've made a recipe from? So the oldest one is just from the 1990s. It's 1994, a woman named Maxine Menster who has a Christmas cookie on hers. And then there's one technically slightly older than it that's only technically a gravestone recipe. It's Joe Sheridan 
from the 1970s. And his doesn't exactly have a recipe on it, but I'm counting it only because his specifically mentions his exact recipe. He's the guy who invented Irish coffee. And he's buried outside of San Francisco. And it said he gave the gift to the world his Irish coffee recipe. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we still have his Irish coffee recipe. So I'm like, it's tangential enough. And he's interesting. Also, it's like, interesting that it's a, a gentleman so uh, and it's also a, an alcoholic beverage which is a fun little addition so it kind of throws all of the the regular numbers out of the water with this guy but yeah as far as actual gravestone recipes from the 1990s that's amazing um are grave recipes a particularly american tradition or have people reached out telling you about grave recipes elsewhere in the world at this point the only two international ones and like I've chatted with people from so many different places around the world, so I wouldn't be surprised if there are some, but as far as that I'm, like, confirmed to know about, uh, just two in Israel are the only outside of North America, and I would say, I mean, I I know very little about Israeli, um, like, cemetery traditions or how those have changed over time, but I would say for the modern American cemetery it feels to be uh, they're getting very personalized. So if you like walk into like, you know, that your classic 1800 cemetery, you're used to those like cool Victorian like slate uh, with like the skull and maybe like a biblical quote and usually identifiers like mother, father, the name and then the year. And that's pretty much about it. There's not a whole lot of like detail. And then if you go into a modern cemetery, it's whatever is important to people. Like I live in Los Angeles now and Hollywood forever is right next door to me. Anything that's important to people, dogs, your favorite band, quotes from your favorite book, QR codes, like that goes to a website. Like there's so many things now you'll see on a modern cemetery. Amazing. Uh, Where do you want to explore next? Are there any overlooked, amazing graveyards you haven't yet visited that you want to visit? Oh gosh, there's a. I feel like I get sent like four a day. Like, hey, if you're in this town, you should check out this. Like every time I travel, I will always visit as many of the local cemeteries as they can, just because they're beautiful. They're all super different. I was just in San Diego recently and they had had cemeteries that I'd just never seen before. It was just, it was much more like dusty. There was rocks. There was these really beautiful wooden crosses that were so interesting to see. Um, So I feel like as far as like with this project, I'm really interested in food and death. And like, I feel like I'm at the cusp of like there's, there's a lot, and there's obviously, like, there is scholarship on it. Um, there's a professor, Candy Can, who, not Candy Cane, Candy Can, <laughs> who studies food and death um, at Baylor University. And she specifically looks at, like, funerary, like, food traditions, like the funeral sheet cake or the, the funeral potatoes, like classic foods that you'll see at, like, an American funeral. Mm-hmm. That's so fascinating. What would you put on your gravestone? Oh, I've thought about it a lot, obviously, because <laughs> um, even um, Ina Garten has this whole like thing about um, would you put your f- like favorite recipe or the one that you want to be known for? Like, which, how do you make the distinction? Um, and I think I, I think I the one that like I make at dinner parties um, is like a pasta clam linguine dish that I really really like. Um, it's just, I don't know, it's very comforting to me. You have like white wine. It also, it's not a very complicated instruction. So like, you know, something like a steak tartare might be a little more difficult to fit (laughs) onto a gravestone. Right, right. So I think this would be, it lends itself to an epitaph a little more easily. Um, and which is why I think the majority of these recipes are baked goods, particularly like desserts, like cookies and cakes and pies. 
And I think because of that, it's um, they're pretty forgiving. So you don't need the most detailed instructions just to fit them onto a headstone. Mm-hmm. Well, if you have faith in the longevity of QR codes, you could just put a QR code on your headstone and have it connect to like a PDF of a bunch of different recipes and you don't need to pick. Yeah. And then you can what have visitors I- constantly. <laughs> Exactly. I mean, that's been such an interesting thing. There's QR codes and now these like little tags that I've been seeing of like, you know, tag this thing or tap this thing to like learn more about the person. Mm -hmm. Um, It's so like this like cemeteries in the modern age is endlessly interesting to see how people do that. Because I'm like, wow, you're really committing to this technology in theory, especially in U.S. cemeteries, which is this idea of like you pay to be buried there, which is very expensive, but you will be preserved for forever. It's just kind of this never-ending promise of we'll we'll keep your your space sacred and alive, which is questionable. But mm-hmm. yeah, you're truly committing if you're like, I'm going to do a QR code. Websites are going to be the thing for forever. <laughs> right. Got to put a, I'm going to put a VHS tape that you can check out from, yeah. this, uh, <laughs> from this padded envelope. VHS is the future. I'm telling you, Rosie. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Get that <laughs> DVD there. <laughs> Rosie Grant, thank you so much for joining us. Where can our listeners find more about your work? You can learn more about me on Ghostly Archive on TikTok and Instagram. Um, If you have any cemeteries, recipe gravestone or otherwise that you'd love to recommend, feel free to shoot me a note. I have a link tree attached to both of them. All right. Rosie, this was so interesting. We could do a whole episode on this. Um, Thank you so much for joining. And we will be right back. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. And welcome back. Before we get to the end of the show, Sanity Corner slash I Feel Petty, our smooth little landing onto the runway of the end of your week, we have some announcements for the class. Fall is upon us. In case you haven't been listening to us yell about fall every week 
since midsummer. Uh, the official start of spooky season. Oh, Alyssa, how's your decor going? Are you all decorated Oh, up? I have to be honest. My decor is about an 8 out of 10 right now. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I would I've say got that- pumpkins. I've got gourds. I have okay. bubbling witches. I have bubbling, bubbling cats and pumpkins, and I have bubbling ghosts. <laughs> okay. Okay, good. I've got the graveyard in my yard fairly mm. built, but I'm going to- I got to finish- see that last year. You did. You saw it in the I flesh. I did. I'm putting the finishing touches on it this weekend. Um, we have like an animatronic guy in it and my- Yes, I saw him. Yeah. My daughter calls him daddy's scary friend. <laughs> <laughs> daddy's I can't scary wait till she friend. goes to college. Daddy's scary friend. And she loves Hocus Pocus, which she calls Go-Go Witches. Um, Anyway, we love fall around here. We love spooky season. And one way to celebrate spooky season is by watching a scary movie. Now, Alyssa, I know you're a little bit of a wimp about scary movies. Absolutely the wimpiest. So this is perfect. If the thought of celebrating with a scary movie scares the popcorn out of you, you should listen to Ruined if you haven't already. Hosted by horror aficionado and love it or leave it head writer Hallie Kiefer. Had her on the show before. Love yes, her. Yes, we did. And her squeamish friend and co-host Allison Leiby also had her on the show before. Yep. Love her. Ruined unpacks a different horror movie every week. And for those of you like Allison or Alyssa who are too scared to watch Fear Not, Hallie will ruin the movie for you. Let Ruined help you survive spooky season with your dignity intact. Listen each week wherever you get your podcasts. Alyssa, can I confess something? I'm a little bit Please. of a... I love horror movies, but I have to, like, know about... I'm the same way. I have to, like, know about them before. Right. Like, I can't just have... Like, my big problem with horror movies is that I think somehow anything happening in the movie can happen to me. I know that that's narcissistic. It's a narcissistic approach to horror movies. Uh-huh. But I'm like, oh, my God. What if What if they're really... What if I wake up and blood is coming out of my walls? Oh, yeah. That is a concern. That is something. Yeah. That, what if I try to open an elevator and blood pours out? What if some spooky twins lead me down a hallway in a hotel? Spooky twins and blood are very, very much my concern. <laughs> <laughs> oh, then do not watch It Follows. It will ruin. Oh, prom. People- I, Aaron, <laughs> let me just put it to you this way, okay? When I was like five or six years old, my dad took me to see E.T. It was our first movie together. We saw it in the theater. I came home, and the scene where E.T.'s like gray and he's sick and he needs the oxygen or whatever it is. I replayed that in my head for like 10 years. I slept at the foot of my parents' bed because they were like, you're not sleeping with us. You can sleep at the foot of the bed. <laughs> like, to a, this like a sheet day. <laughs> exactly. They're like, up, 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 end of the bed for you. You make everything hot. But like, that, like E.T. scared me and my mom accidentally, she'll kill me for saying this. Uh, I watched the original Poseidon Adventure and I can still see the dead man in the in the boiler room. And so my threshold's pretty low for scary. I'm not going to lie. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. I, I have a pretty low threshold too. It, but if I read the description before, I can enjoy it. If I hear because people Because you know what's before. coming. You're exactly. like, you can prepare yourself. I can appreciate the cinematography of like Tony Collette in the background on the ceiling in that scene in Hereditary when she's like losing her marbles or when she like floats up to the treehouse. It's so I spooky. love that you're talking to me respectfully as if I've ever seen it. <laughs> it's, well, it is a wild film. <laughs> uh, anyway, that's that's neither here nor there, but you should definitely listen to Ruined. It's super fun. It's exactly your style and my style, style of watching <laughs> horror movies. And you don't even have to watch it. You could just enjoy. No, listening actually is my vibe. You can enjoy the fr- the fun and the friendship on Ruined. Uh, okay, another announcement. Here we go. 
At Crooked, we love books. They teach us new things, expand our horizons, and piss off uptight conservatives who never got to stay for story time at the library. That's why we created our very own storefront on bookshop.org, where you can find books published by Crooked's imprint, a selection of favorites from the Crooked staff, and lots more. You can even shop my book, New York Times, best-selling, Who Thought This Was a Good Idea? Look for it in the Crooked Authors section. Bookshop.org directly supports local booksellers so you won't be personally funding Jeff Bezos' yacht renovations. That's always a plus. It's good. That's good. Upside. <laughs> Head to crooked.com slash bookstore to find your next read. Alyssa, are you feeling petty or sane this week or both? I'm feeling a little in the middle. Mostly I just have something I find concerning uh-huh. and think that people should You're be aware. Concerned. It's not, I'm I concerned. I feel concerned. <laughs> I feel concerned. Aaron, there are pharmacy walkouts across the country. Walgreens and CVS pharmacy workers are walking out. couple things. One, um, they're not unionized. So they are organizing these walkouts independently. Of about 9,000 Walgreens, about 500 had agreed to participate uh, or had expressed interest in the walkouts. And Aaron, here's what's happening. None of the major chains are staffing up their pharmacies well enough. And so, for example, the reason I wanted to talk about this is because this is happening down the street from me. Our, uh, my pharmacy down the street is about three weeks behind in their prescriptions. And I'm telling you, this has been going on since about August. And it started out with people being like pretty chill. Everyone fundamentally understands it's not the fault of the person behind the counter who cannot fulfill their prescription. But like I was literally standing in line listening to a man who needed his heart medication be told it wouldn't be ready for two to three weeks. And these are companies that are quite rich, and I feel like they can staff things accordingly. But the thing that's gotten crazy over the, most recently is that it's getting the, – the, the tone is is a little hot. People can't take it anymore. They need their goddamn medication. And I personally have stopped going to this pharmacy because the last time I was there – Tempers were flaring, and it felt honestly unsafe. And so now I see this in the news. It all makes sense. Uh, I hope that my CVS – my CVS did a sick out where everyone uh, called in sick, and only the major – only the pharmacist was there answering the phones and trying to help people, which was, of course, a catastrophe. But – I'm here to say if you go to your Walgreens, your CVS, it is, of course, frustrating. But find the phone number for the regional manager and call and complain. Don't get aggressive or hostile towards the pharmacy workers because they're just trying to do their jobs. Yeah. Ugh, just nightmare. You know, if you have a medication that you have to take every day to function, whether it's mentally or physically, and you suddenly can't get it, it's like— It's it's unbelievable. Yeah. That's awful. Ugh. Okay. Well, I hope Walgreens coughs up and starts paying the people that are doing the work that is making them rich. Um, Me I think that's something that's kind of a kind of a sanity corner slash kind of a petty. I love shit that has nothing to do with me. Um, it's okay. a good way. F- yeah, it's a good way for me to forget my troubles and dissociate. Mm-hmm. Um, this week in shit that has nothing to do with me, there is a couple of women who recently got married who are sort of like the darlings of. TikTok, and their names are London and Olivia. Now, about a week ago, maybe week and a half ago, um, they had a they had a massive, stylish, beautiful wedding. These are like two kind of Southern belles who met and okay. fell in love, and their wedding was just like so stylish and beautiful. 
Um, and then you kind of zoom out on the wedding. You know, they had all these brand deals. You know, People Magazine photographed it. Uh, it was all over TikTok. Their makeup artists, their style, like all of these people were posting like BTSs of the of the wedding. Um, and, you know, it was held at a place like a, a big, beautiful old house in the south with columns on the front porch. Uh-oh. And yeah, the uh-oh started about 24 hours after the pictures started getting posted to TikTok uh, and the videos started getting posted and everyone was like, oh, love is real. These two are so happy. Yay, yay. Like LGBTQ love can look like anything. You know, it can look like the two girliest girls in your sorority falling in love. It, You know, and, and it just, it felt like a moment for that specific, for people who need to see that specific type of love, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Well, then, you know, maybe I don't even know if it was 24 hours later, it comes to light that that the site of their wedding may have been a plantation. Oh, I was um, afraid that's where this was going. Plantations are haunted, guys. I don't care how cool you think they look. They're fucking haunted. You are you are inviting are. a curse into your life. They are haunted. They are haunted. Don't do it. They should be don't all do burned. it. Burn them to the ground or gift them to the ancestors of the people who are enslaved there and let them profit off of the events that are held there if they want to. But Jesus Christ, don't get married on a plantation. Yikes. Don't. It's It's been a don't. It's been it's for a, a long, it's a, long time. For a very long time. In addition, uh, some old tweets surfaced as they tend to do, from London, the brunette half of the couple, wherein about, you know, eight, nine years ago, she was kind of frequent user of the N-word in Twitter. Oh, Lord have mercy. London and Olivia are both white women, mm. and um, that's not an okay word. You didn't even have to tell me that. Yeah. <laughs> kind of sussed it out. You can't do it. That's that's a don't do. Uh, that's a don't do. And uh, so they made an apology video with London, you know, rambling on for a really long time, uh, not really taking ownership in a way that felt genuine. She was doing it from her honeymoon. She was dressed like a a doll. Um, And then Olivia kind of standing behind her looking like Elliot Spitzer's wife. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And then a couple days later, you know, the people, you know, people were already kind of trained on these two people. More tweets surfaced where Olivia was also using words that you just you're not supposed to use. You don't use them. You don't do it. You don't tweet it. You don't write it down. You don't think it. You don't say it. Or let it. me tell you something. If you did say it or do it, don't grow up to try to be a social media influencer. <laughs> no. You've closed that door. You have That's, closed that, that door. That ship has sailed. Exactly. You freedom of speech. You have absolute. You can say that. You can say that. Do it. Go ahead. Try it. See what happens. What will happen is that the door to being famous gonna slam on you at some point or another. Yeah. You're you're gonna get Paula Deaned. And you're gonna Paula Deen yourself. You're not gonna get Paula Deen. Yeah, that, that's they called, just Paula Deen themselves. They just Paula Deen themselves. And uh, so yeah, that's this is something I have absolutely nothing. I learned who they were and I learned I didn't like them within the span of like t- literally a day. I was like, oh, this is cute. What a pretty stylish wedding. Oh, yeah. I don't like that. You're like, oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. Don't like that at all. So anyway, um, that's that's the stuff that has absolutely nothing to do with me that I focused on this week okay. in lieu of improving myself, um, which, you know, everybody has the right to do in America. <laughs> that's exactly right. Uh, any other Sandy Petty items we want to talk about? There's just like a little to- a little mini toast, maybe? Mini okay. toast? Okay. For 
Claudia Golden. Claudia Golden, professor at Harvard, wins Nobel in economics for studying women in the workforce. Amazing. Only Um, the third woman to have won the economics Nobel. Wow. That's so impressive. Mm -hmm. Also, Claudia, if you can hear us or if one of Claudia's students can hear us, we want you on the show. Come on. Please come on. We're literally, we're doing this right now. So you will come on and we can talk to you. We want to talk to you. Uh, You sound amazing. Congratulations. What a great thing. I want to do a quick roast. I got a little roast. Please. Do you know the name Tim Ballard? Bear, only because of you. Okay. So Tim Ballard is the founder of an anti- trafficking group called OUR. OUR and Tim Ballard were uh, behind the film. Uh, it's o- Operation Underground Railroad. Ugh, don't, no, I can't do that. Yikes, um, stop with that. What is wrong with people? I've got all the dumb whites this week. All the items. This, the, you, you, you do have <laughs> dumb white Dumb people. whites. The whites are at it again. Uh, t- Tim Ballard founded a anti-trafficking group, Operation Underground Railroad, um, And his, quote, heavily fictionalized exploits were uh, the subject of The Sound of Freedom, the blockbuster movie that all of the the QAnon people bought tickets to so that empty theaters could appear to be full. Um, He's been sued in Utah's Mm. third district court by five women accusing him of sexual misconduct. Wow. Well, well, well. Who could predict? knock me over with a feather? Knock me over with a feather. This is from a report by Vice's Anna Merlin. Um, yeah, he he's being sued for sexual misconduct. And Alyssa, it's I mean, all of its sexual misconduct is always like pretty gross. This mm-hmm. is like extra super gross. Um, so the women who are suing Ballard all live in Utah. They alleged that Ballard coerced sexual contact with them. So what he would do, according to the lawsuit, um, is that he would pick women with no paramilitary training who he knew cared about anti-sex traffic, anti-trafficking for OUR, um, and he would invite them on missions for the organization. Oh, hell no. Right. And once these women who just were like these, you know, big-eyed Utah housewives or whatever, um, he would insist that they needed to pretend to be a married couple so that they could fool traffickers. They needed to have chemistry so they could fool the traffickers. And so then he would, like, invite them to shower with him so that they could develop chemistry, uh, have couples massages with him, do tantric yoga, and do lap dances on him. And um, apparently... uh, Ballard told the women, according to the suit, that um, that he had gotten approval from LDS uh, leaders. He's a devout Mormon, and he told these women, most of whom were LDS. No. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking oh, creep. Wow. What a creep. Creep. The sound of freedom guy turns out perp. big fucking creep. Big don't, perp. D- Look, I don't want to say I love Utah, but it is— it it must be contained. <laughs> there are some the, there are some there are some rules and regulations that need to. There to are like. some the the crazy in Utah. Although there are, are lovely people in Utah, the crazy people are extra spicy. They are 
just absolutely extra spicy. Um, the suit against Ballard also names co-defendants. Um, Operation Underground Railroad, Children Need Families, which is an adoption grant organization founded by Catherine Ballard, Tim's wife. One of these days, we're going to do a show about how creepy the adoption industry is in the yes, US. Yes, we should. We should. You should definitely listen to season two of This Land, anybody who's interested yeah. in it. it's It really starts to get into it, but like it is nuts and uh, shadowy and bad. And there's a lot of grifting and a yeah. lot of a lot of bad behavior in it. Uh, they also another co-defendant, the Spear Fund, another anti-trafficking group, which uh, Ballard said he's a senior advisor for. Uh, L- Liberty and Light. It, there's just all of these shell companies within shell companies that all exist to allegedly with stop the craziest names, Liberty and Light. I mean, it's come on. I feel Underground like, Railroad. Yikes! Yikes! I feel like the people that would have been like people that. This seems like the type of organization that would appeal to the type of person who thinks that if there's a shopping bag next to their wheel in a Target parking lot, it means they've been marked for trafficking. You know, those like dumb things. It's like, yeah, you are not at risk. You are a white woman who lives in a McMansion who would immediately be reported missing. You are not a target for trafficking. You are not a target for do something else with your anxiety. Like, yeah. anyway. So, yeah, I mean, that's, I don't know if it's petty or sanny, but I really like to see that the sound of freedom and the entire basis of the film is, like, crumbling before our eyes. It's, I think it's it's kind of low-key, very dangerous propaganda. And yeah. I hope that the director's cut includes the, 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 the sh- a shower scene, at least, so that we get a full picture of what was going on. Gross. No, thank you. <laughs> oh, we got a listener shout-out. Listener shout-out. Um, okay. So, listener shout out. Katie in Kentucky writes, Hi, Aaron and Alyssa. Given your love of spooky and reproductive access, love of spooky and reproductive access. I read that wrong. Uh, We thought you'd enjoy my attached neighbor's yard sign, a leftover for 2022, when Kentucky voters rejected a ballot measure aimed at denying constitutional rights for abortion. I honestly thought this could have been in the Crooked merch store. I would enjoy fun Crooked Hysteria yard signs. There's still fuckery afoot in the current Kentucky governor's race. Daniel McCameron, McConnell's protege, barf emoji, is flip-flopping on his opinion on exemptions for cases of rape and incest. But it's a last-ditch effort that hopefully people will see through. He's also previously indicated through his results on a candidate survey that women who have abortions should be charged with murder. I hope one of you two will be joining the pod Save Guys here in Louisville on the 28th. Thanks, Katie in Kentucky. And she sent us a picture of a sign that says, Witches for Abortion Access Vote No on 2. That is, it's a beautiful sign. It's a beautiful sign. I think we might post it in our Instagram stories or something. Yeah. Yeah, love it. Well, that's all the time we have for this week's show. I want to give a special thanks to Rosie Grant for stopping by and talking about her project. Um, I think at this time of year, it's it's really, you know, it's important and nice to think about people who have left us and honor our dead in a way uh, that, that feels hopeful and, and lovely. So I'm so glad that she joined us. Alyssa, thank you for being my ride or die. Mm. Thanks, Dan. <laughs> That was very waspy. That was a very wa- – like, hmm. Hmm. <laughs> I th- very- I'm not waspy, am I? I think it was a Bunny McDoodle- McDougal response. I got – look, I did have a cat named Bunny once. Oh, yeah. R.I.P. Rest in R.I.P. power. Rest in power, Bunny. Um, and listeners, if you want to get in touch with us uh, for the chance to get shouted out or just let us know something that you noticed about the show that you'd like us to cover, hysteria at crooked.com. All right. We'll be back next week. Bye. 
Hysteria is a Crooked Media production. Caroline Reston is our senior producer. Our executive producer is me, Aaron Ryan. And Alyssa Mastromonaco is our co-producer. Fiona Pestana is our associate producer. The show is engineered and edited by Jordan Cantor. Our video producers are Rachel Gajewski and Megan Patzel. And thank you to Julia Beach, Ewa Okulate, Amelia Montooth, Adia Hill, and David Tolls for production support every week. Don't forget to follow us at Crooked Media on Instagram and Twitter for more original content, host takeovers, and other community events. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the Internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. Why are smart businesses graduating to NetSuite by Oracle? Because NetSuite eliminates the expense of multiple business systems by consolidating your operations together into one. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. NetSuite reduces IT costs because it lives in the cloud with no hardware required, so you can access it from anywhere. You cut the cost and headaches of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. Bringing all your major business processes into one platform improves efficiency, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move, so do the math. You'll see how you'll profit with NetSuite, too. And now, by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Just go to netsuite.com slash podcast25 for more information. That's netsuite.com slash podcast25.